The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to our another edition of Sumner County Spotlight right here at WHIN. You've heard this young feller talk before and we've had him in well actually several times uh, i'm talking about state representative johnny garrett <laughs> johnny thanks so much for coming in first of all because i know how busy you are you're out of session now so you're probably happy about that oh jeff i'm delighted to be here thank you for having me we yeah. appreciate uh, coming in and, and uh, talking about whatever you'd like to talk about today so well, i appreciate it yeah well the first thing i want to talk about is the the recently uh, we had a memorial here for uh, officer spencer bristol tell us about this because i thought it was a fabulous move, and I know the Bristols are just ecstatic about it. Well, I appreciate you letting me talk about it, and uh, and just from a, a kind of a personal standpoint, I mean, when that call came from Mayor Clary back, I believe in. 2019, I remember getting on the interstate in Gillettsville going uh, towards Nashville, and it was it was late at night, and I remember being in traffic. I'm like, what in the world is this traffic for? Mm. And kind of complaining about being held up in traffic. Didn't check ways to see what, you know, who we thought at 8 o'clock at night or whenever it happened that, uh, that you needed to check the traffic going into Nashville at that time. And in, in about 20 minutes, I get a call from Mayor Clary, and it was as a result of, of Spencer Bristol's accident as he was pursuing a criminal from the Hendersonville area that was fleeing and going towards Nashville. And I got the call in the capacity of the 100 Club of Sumner County. He had told me what happened. And so ever since then, I have felt this just huge cloud of guilt that I would complain about being, right. uh, you know, in, in inconvenienced for a traffic accident that I had no idea was ended up being the, the accident that Spencer was involved in. So as my role as the state representative from this area, along with William Slater and William Lamberth and Farrell Hale in the, in the Senate, uh, we have named a portion of uh, I-65 in Master Patrol Officer Spencer Bristol's honor. That's great. And so hopefully there will be that memorial that will stand the test of time and be there for Forever in his honor to recognize his sacrifice, not only as a Hendersonville police officer, but also as a U.S. Navy veteran. I mean, he served our country mm-hmm. and and then served the Hendersonville Police Department for a number of years as a master patrol officer. And so I, I believe that's the least we could have done uh, was named that portion of I-65 in his honor. And my hope is, is that, you know, if, if people pass that and see it and ask maybe, well, who was Spencer? They can learn about his service, learn about his service to our country, learn about his service to the city of Hendersonville, and maybe somebody else would step up and serve in that capacity as well. So. Well, and and it's one of these big highway markers. So it's green. You can read it. You know, it's, it's right there. That's right. It's phenomenal. That's right. And it's right at the exit if you're coming south uh, from, uh, let's say, Kentucky, right at the Rivergate area exit. It's right there at exit 96. And if you're traveling north, it's about probably a half a mile before you merge onto 386, which is mm-hmm. the bypass, uh, to get to Hendersonville. So there's two markers that name that portion of the highway after Master yeah. Patrol Officer Bristol. So. so what did it take to get something like that formula? I know it's a lot of work and you got you have to deal with red tape and that's know, right. all, yeah, rules and regulations and Well, thankfully, whatever. Dan Howell is the transportation chair on uh, the House side and we 
we have what's called an omnibus legislation piece of legislation that that handles these type of things and I was able to file the appropriate appropriation and then uh, I, I came up with where the actual location want to be because it's kind of bittersweet I mean this is after all where officer Bristol passed away mm. and so I had reached out to the family first to Dan Bristol and Lauren Bristol mm-hmm. and wanted to make sure hey first is this something that you're okay with that the family would be okay with mm-hmm. given just the kind of bittersweet circumstance yes he's getting an interstate named after him but Spencer gave his life in order for that to be a possibility yeah. and so I wanted to make sure that the family uh, would be okay with it they were we decided upon the proper location you know where that was going to be and then I just filed the necessary piece of legislation along with Farrell Hill in the Senate and uh, and that's the way that came down and then it took a little bit for the signs to be made and then mm-hmm. once I realized those signs were finished and installed we, we used to do a, a ceremony at the location uh, but you can imagine closing out an interstate and, and even even before the the Bristols didn't want to do that and even before the state decided that that's not going to be an option anymore it still was when this particular piece of legislation was passed but the family smartly so said well let's do it somewhere else yeah and uh, and so I called Mayor Clary in Hendersonville and said hey mayor what can we do to present this honor and we've got a plaque that is the and a replica of what's mm-hmm. being hung on the interstate and at first we we talked about doing it their normal city hall meeting at the Boma mm-hmm. meeting in Hendersonville but then uh, I talked with Andy Gilly our, our park director who does a great job yes, here in Hendersonville yeah. he said well, we had this hometown jam on Memorial Day of, of all wow. days to, yeah. that we stop and recognize those that have fallen uh, in the service for our country. And mm-hmm. of course, Spencer was a U.S. Navy veteran. So that that all made sense to do it at the hometown jam. And mm-hmm. and so that's how that came about. And yeah. uh, and Andy Gilly was really awesome to let us, meaning the state delegation, kind of plan that ceremony between acts. And that's how that came about. Yeah. So, And the fact that the acts are actually hen- Villians. So that's, how that's appropriate exactly right. is that? I mean, it just kind of fit the whole thing. And the way it was done, I thought was incredible. You know, did the unveiling. And of course, Dan Bristol, Spencer's dad, is, is a police officer as well. We've had him on the show. In fact, you're going to be hearing from him here shortly. So stick around, folks. We got a big conversation with Dan Bristol as well. But I, I, ju- I just commend you for doing that. And I know the family appreciates that. With everything that, that has gone on in this country, it, it's nice to see something nice being done. Honor our people that have, have given their all pretty much in protecting and serving this country. Well, I appreciate that, Jeff. And, and you know, I, I never had an opportunity to serve. I'm, I certainly didn't come out of high school and college and be a, a first responder, a firefighter, or a police officer. Uh, but in my job as a state representative, I talk to a lot of kids and kind of ask them sometimes what they want to be. And most of the time, it's either a firefighter or a police officer, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what they see. They see the uniform. They see the ability to kind of get out there and, and, and make a difference. And so, you know, that that is where this issue with our first responders and police officers and firefighters and our medical personnel, that's usually the first ones on the scene. It takes special people that want to take that as a career path. And we've just got to make sure that we take care of those that take care of us. Yeah. And so that's been my passion with the 100 Club of Sumner County, being able to be there as a support system when one of those first responders or first or officers or firefighters are fallen mm-hmm. in the line of duty to be there as that support system 
for those that need it for the family that is left to kind of deal with that pain of, Yo, of losing someone. Now, there have been other memorials placed. I know I see a couple on 386, and they, they pick a certain section. Is the same kind of process you have to go through. So some of them were service members, you know, U.S. Army, Navy, whatever, that this stretch is, is named after them. So the same pr- kind of process you have to go through, I imagine. That is right, and it, and that's why, I mean, not the entire Interstate 65, obviously, is named mm-hmm. our Officer Spencer Bristol, but there are portions that can. So anytime that there is an initiative by either a citizen uh, through their state rep or through their state senator it, it does go through that same process so and you guys actually listen to people we try to that's right that's absolutely my phone is open my phone i answer my telephone that's right jeff we want to hear from the people yeah. right yeah. Uh, because the people guide us and how we represent them and if we don't listen to those people then i think we're you know treading water down there and not getting anything done yeah. so we obviously want to hear from our folks and, and do the best job that we possibly can yeah. as we represent them in the state house so, so have you guys have, have been real busy this 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 past year I mean, a lot of things going on downtown anything uh, surprisingly that will affect sumner county and well this area? we you know we passed the modernization act for our transportation purposes we we used three billion dollars from the general fund okay. uh, to try to speed up some of our infrastructure issues you know the, the improve act was passed before i became a state rep and a lot of those projects are behind right we we have an innovative way to hopefully speed up the way that you have to live in hendersonville and work in nashville or go to franklin or wherever the case may be you may have the ability to use what's called a choice lane where it's going to open up a lane that you do pay for Mm -hmm. um, that might get you into nashville in 10 minutes and when the signs tell you it's going to be 30 or 40 minutes and that's Mm -hmm. completely at your choice now that Mm -hmm. will cost you four or five dollars to use that choice lane to get from point a to point b so they'll be a little bit quicker there'll be transponders on your windows you don't have to stop and you know go you just get in the lane the transponder in florida we had that that's right and the 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 difference is though you can stay in the general purpose lane and that general purpose lane will tell you that it's going to take you 45 minutes to get where you're going or you can take the choice lane and it's going to take you 10 it's just going to cost you four dollars yeah and so it's your choice yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, we've been criticized that, well, you're creating toll roads. Well, a true toll road is that you've got to pay this $5. You have no choice on to that. To get from yeah. A to B or turn yeah. around and go a different way. That's right. And that's, that's, that's the difference of this is not actually a toll road. So we'll see if that helps the congestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, State Tennessee is not selling their roads to private industry. It's just the private industry is, is coming up with the capital to pay for this. So Tennessee taxpayers are not. So is it going to be a TDOT project? It'll be, it'll be handled through TDOT, but okay. the actual cost of construction will be borne by that private entity uh, like they do in Dallas now. Prepare those choice lanes. They handle the the cost. They go to market to see what that cost would be to use that from point A to point B. Okay. Um, and so that's how they kind of get their money back of that upfront cost that the, ten- that the Tennessee taxpayers not paying for. Sure. Now, provide there- that choice lane. Is there any idea yet, like what roads are going to be affected by that? Who's going to have this and That's which road is not? That's the only part that I'm not sure. I'm sure there's going to be studies about mm. that on where the most of the conge- congestion is, like Trinity, Trinity Lane, Lane or, or even merging. I don't know how they would do it, 386, how it merged into 65, yeah. but that's yeah. a bottleneck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you're going to look at the areas that have the worst bottleneck. Hopefully no one has to travel from here and go to Antioch on the interstate because that 24, 40, 65 kind of intersection yeah. right there yeah. it is a huge 
traffic congestion yeah. area bottleneck there. So I could see something being there, but I think that's going to be all in that kind of study yeah. phase to see where the choice lanes needs are. Trinity Lane, I think, has got to be oh, one of them. I, that would be in the top ten. It, it blows my <laughs> mind. I said, "How do they ever design this? It doesn't oh, make awful. sense." And it's people can't probably, merge, and it's you know, it's it goes to two lanes from six. It's it's it's, it's an issue. Yeah. So, well, I tell people, especially if they're new here, they go, "God, this traffic's crazy." I said, "Well, you got to think of Nashville. You have you have a, a loop." coming into all four major arteries coming through Nashville, and they have to go through a loop to get to the other side. That's right. So you're going to have those merge areas, and it's just going to be, you know, crazy. But That's right. As, and um, as part of the, the Modernization Act, uh, there's provided $330 million back to the locals. And so Sumner County, for our rural area in Sumner County, they'll get, be getting $5 million for our road superintendent budget mm-hmm. to help with paving, to help with some congestion, to kind of get the roads, you know, up to date in our rural areas yeah. of, of the county that's not incorporated as a city. So it's another thing that's coming back here well my buddy toby ellis is doing a bang-up job i mean he is just you know taking the bull by the horns and he's doing some great things i was just out on greenlee boulevard speaking of paving and i i don't know who did that paving if toby was in charge of that that was the best paved road i've ever driven on it's amazing it's the new technology i mean some of the issues we've had going north on 65 to uh, the kentucky border with having to repave that even before it's been expanded Mm -hmm. the asphalt the ingredients that was in the asphalt was dealing with tennessee's weather where you can have snow rain sleet all in a week that asphalt's the 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 makeup of that didn't last and so you're still dealing with some of that they've learned from that and so my hope is that they're in greenlee that that Mm -hmm. asphalt it does it's like let's go look at a pool table it is you know going across (laughs) it is really great yeah it's a really really good job so toby's doing a great job and so all the projects we have here in sumner county and of course there's all those those things that i've talked to mayor clary about with the csx and you're dealing with walton ferry and you know there's just a lot of stuff that that goes on and i think people are they just kind of forget about it because it's like it'll happen one day maybe that's right well we're hoping to i know the mayor clary and a lot of the mayor of the alderman you know are worried about exit eight here not too not too far from the studio Mm -hmm. where the tunnel will be going underneath the railroad tracks to alleviate that awful traffic there They're, they're needing some funds from the state to help with that project and i'm having those conversations as we speak okay with tdot to hopefully alleviate some of that exit eight issue of just you know when the railroad's coming through you're you're backed up to the interstate you're backed up beyond all the way to the you know country hills golf course to across the the, the way to gallatin road i mean it, it's it's an issue that we need to address i was actually so. sitting there the other day and i actually counted the cars there was over a hundred cars i think it was wow. at, at hundred plus yeah and i'm I was going, how is this possible and they, of course you pick the worst time of the day to run a train through there that's right and well when i when i drive my morning commute when i'm going to my hendersville office to for my law practice that's that's the way i go i get off right there yeah and so i see it when i see that train i'm like well i'm oh. here for 15 minutes <laughs> at least and I just do watching whole, the traffic back up that's right you know right I do there. a whole conference a here that's right hey listen we're talking with johnny garrett our state rep here right here in sumner county and we're going to continue our conversation because we got a lot more to talk about And we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. Of course, you already knew that, but uh, we're going to continue our conversation with our state rep, Johnny Garrett. Johnny, you have just been doing some amazing things, and you've been in office for how long now? I'm in my third term, which is the beginning of my fifth year as a state. So you kind of know your way around down there. 
I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I finally figured out where to park. Well, <laughs> are you keeping William Lamberth in line? Oh, you know, he's, he's gotta, he's, I, there's no way. There's you, no way you can you know, do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, William does a great job. Yeah, he does. He really does. So we were talking earlier about the uh, memorial we did for Officer Spencer Bristol. In fact, I mean, how the community, you know, stepped up and really supported the Bristol family. The 100 Club jumped in on this case. You got to tell them a little bit more about sure. the 100 Club. Absolutely. I think it's saying so interesting and so important that people know that this even exists. Right. Well, and when you, you can actually donate to it. That's right. Yeah. Several of us six or seven years ago saw that the Nashville had a Nashville Hunter Club and we didn't know what it was about. And Reed Trickett of the old Trickett Oldsmobile in Madison started that club and it's been around since about 1975, 1976 or so. And, and we basically copied sort of their idea. And what that was is the Hunter Club of Sumner County existed in a, in a form several years ago. It was the, it was actually just for Hendersonville. I mean, then that, that club kind of disbanded and we brought it back up. And now what it does is we, we fundraise to have funds for a first responder that lives in Sumner County or that they work in Sumner County for a particular agency of a first responder, mm-hmm. a firefighter, a police officer uh, for Sumner County. And our, and our idea is we want to provide immediate support, immediate funds for the family of a fallen EMS worker, first responder, police officer, firefighter. Mm-hmm. And we were fairly new when Officer Bristol was killed, probably two years old. And that's the call that I got when I was telling you earlier that, about from right. Mayor Clary that we're going to need the Hunter Club. And we were like, oh, <laughs> great, but oh, no. That meant one yeah. of our folks had passed away. Right. And so we were able to immediately give his his widow, Lauren, a check for $10,000 for whatever needs that she may need. Mm-hmm. You never know how folks handle their finances, right? That's really none of our business, so to speak. But but who knew if Lauren was the one that paid the bills or or was it Spencer or was it both of them or whatnot? We didn't right. want that to be a problem, at least from the immediate onset of what she was going to go through and her daughter Eloise um, after Spencer was killed. So we gave them those funds so that at least maybe that was one less worry that we could take off her plate. And so uh, you can join by going to our website. And our website is the 100clubsumner.org. 100, the numeral, yeah. 100clubsumner.org. And it's $100 a year. I mean, Or that's... if you're a business, it's $250 yeah. a, a year. And you get a little decal you can put on your car or put on your business yeah. that says you're a 100 Club member. And that's what we, we do. And, of course, you can give above and beyond that because we hope we have a fund that we never have to use. But we also hope that that grows so if we do have to use it, maybe we can expand it beyond those services that we can provide. Right, right now, it's just limited to immediate funds that we can provide to a family. But we would love to be able to pay off their their mortgage if they got a debt on their car or whatever the case may be in order to provide that immediate assistance to our fallen uh, officer's family. Sure. And it's uh, not like they planned this. So things happen really fast. So you, you came in right at the onset of this and really attacked it and got her that money really that's quickly. Right. In yeah. fact, we became sort of the conduit for donations across the country, really, for, for donations directly to her, and we honored that. Mm-hmm. We were a, we're a 501c3, which means that if you give to chari- for charitable purposes, you can write that off on your taxes. Mm-hmm. And so we're designated as that charity to do that for that purpose for the Bristol family. Mm-hmm. And so even though typically we would have weighed those and how to give that, but we were able to give that amount of money to to Lauren directly mm-hmm. uh, because they came through our our entity so we were we were honored to, to act in that capacity for the mm-hmm. Bristol family uh, during that time and so it, it's a really good organization against an organization we hope we never really have to use yeah but my god we're glad that we can absolutely if, if it becomes necessary so now have you used it before no it was uh, only for uh well 
in that sense, we've yeah. we've used it for for the Bristol family. But now we're able to uh, through Lauren's effort, Spencer's widow, she wants to do a scholarship. So we we're using a portion of our mission statement, so to speak, for her to allow anyone that wants to become an officer uh, okay. or a first responder, they can tap into that scholarship, uh, and we provide those scholarship dollars. It's a complete, distinct, separate uh, account within mm. the hundred club. We're just okay. used for the sources if that's to fundraise to provide for that. And that's completely Lauren's. She initiated that. We thought that was a great idea. Yeah. And so we're going to continue that effort as well. To provide. Now you, you can find that information on your website. That's right. There. Right. That's okay. right. That's so right. just be in a form you can that's right apply to and then that's right or there's an there. email and contact information if you need you know any other further clarity on, on what to do in that regard you can certainly reach out to one, uh, right. one of us on the website you know especially in nashville of course that organization has been around for a while so they've had you know obviously some more history with providing this and you know with several of the the fallen officers and the officers that actually get hurt now this this fund actually is just for those who have passed in the line of duty. That's right. We are hoping to have the principal at a certain amount where if indeed there is an officer or first responder, firefighter, et cetera, that might be wounded provides assistance in that way. We yeah. just we just are not there yet. That's one of our right. goals of the of the organization is to be able to have that much in the in the principle where whatever we invest that spits out in investment income etc can be used for that purpose right uh, we're just we're just not quite there yet well it's so. it's important and that's why we do these fundraising efforts you're involved in things you become the beneficiary of uh where people are holding a an organizational function and things like that and the money goes towards the 100 club and folks, you could do that. They'll, they'll accept it. Absolutely, yes. we would. And Several organizations have already done that. And we've been very grateful for being the benefactor of, of another nonprofit's fundraising efforts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that helps us. And, and, it, and it really does. And it makes you feel good when you do it. And you're you're talking $100. Come on. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, you're helping the, these families out. And it's just, just so important like that. You got any um, fundraisers coming up here in the future? Or I believe the Hendersonville Rotary Nightclub. And, I, and Jeff, I hate to say it, I don't know what the date is. I do think it's coming up. Maybe in July, they're doing Hawaiian tasting at Bluegrass okay. uh, Country Club. And this is probably the third event that they have done for us that we've been the benefactor of their charitable efforts and it's been highly okay. successful so yeah. if you are already a part of that i thank you for that but if you're not find out you can google the hendersonville night rotary club and find out about this organization this yeah. event it's a fun event sure and uh it's of course looks like a, a dinner a dinner ticket if you're going to go out to dinner mm -hmm. and the and the proceeds go to the hunter club of sumner county mm -hmm. and as we partner with more nonprofits, we try to get that word out as much as we can we do have a facebook page so okay. if you are on facebook put in the facebook search Easy. you would be able to find our facebook page yeah. and i would encourage you to follow that because we tend to update things like that that we are partnered with another charity that you may be partnered with and don't even know it that we're the pro we're the mm -hmm. benefactor of that particular right. fundraiser well like i said there's a lot of great nonprofits here in sumner county there's a lot of people doing such great work most people don't even know they're doing it so this is why we like to talk about this and get the word out to let them know hey the 100 club i never heard of that before because i hadn't heard about it till we we talked you know a couple of years ago but i i think it's just amazing that we have this because people come together here in sumner county when people need help they do it that's right and i mean in the and unfortunately the aftermath of spencer's death you saw that on display mm -hmm. the community really came up and supported the bristol family in any way they possibly could i mean they're really what I, I i'm still kind of amazed at the response of this community um when that happened yeah and so it, it is evidenced by how many nonprofits, etc that are here that try to lift up folks when they when they need it right so. 
So, and, and again, if you're interested in this organization, which I think you really should be because it's a great cause and it's, uh, you know, you're talking a, a small amount, but you can donate a lot more than that. So you've got a couple million sitting around. They'll take it from you. It, <laughs> we'll, we'll be, be glad. happy. <laughs> we'll definitely cash that check. <laughs> we'll cash any check, though. Because, I mean, and again, like you said, hopefully we don't have to use this. That's right. But That's unfortunately, right. with things going on in the world these days, people uh, tend to act out a little bit. Being in law enforcement myself, I know, but I and I also know how it's changed over the years. I mean, just the public's personality, their, their way of thinking has totally changed. That's uh, right. And That's right. And that has a lot. To, this is a whole other conversation for a whole other show, but it has a whole lot to do with what these little kids, young folks, they when they look at their phone. You yep. know, whether or not it's cool to be uh, lawful or unlawful. And unfortunately, a lot of this stuff tells them that that's, it's, let's, it's let's cool. push the limits here yeah. On, yeah. on how lawful we can be. And yeah. then, you know, the, the enemy becomes the police. Right. And, and the police are certainly aren't your. It, and, you know, it, with the crime that's going on and it's the police chiefs. And we've done this for years. We always get out there and promote. Don't leave your weapons in your car. Lock it up. Put it out of sight, out of mind, you know, that kind of thing. But people still do it. And then they leave the car unlocked or leave the keys in it. You'd be amazed the amount of cars that are stolen, mm-hmm. regardless of the, the purpose of why the intent, whether it's gun, money, or whatever, that mm-hmm. are unlocked. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. One of the things that I like, I mean, here in Hendersonville, is we have the tag cameras. Yes. The, yeah, the and, LPR, the license plate readers, I believe. And that's right. had some controversy yeah. on, you know, some privacy issues. And, and I, I believe that, yeah, Hendersonville is is one that has them. And they, they have recovered vehicles and have caught criminals trying to They've come. done people yeah. don't people know when they come into sumner county it's not like davidson county when they come here and they commit a crime and if it has even a hint of a jail sentence mm-hmm. they're probably going to jail that's right <laughs> there's yeah no question about it that's right you commit a crime here you're going down that's I mean, right there's, there's no soft things going on over that's here. that's right people people <laughs> crave a safe community and i mm-hmm. believe sumner county is one of those well we and we got some good judges i mean key brian mccormick that's and right. she's uh you don't you don't mess with her that's right she, she that's right tell you like it is she doesn't do a criminal but uh and she judge still, blanton her counterpart absolutely. in the general sessions court that's where most folks that's kind of where you start when you, yeah. you commit a crime you're seeing one of those judges yeah you know so so now you you've been an attorney for that's right geez uh a little while now. I think I'm entering my, oh, I can't do ad, but uh, I can't <laughs> add, but, but my 16th or 17th year of practice. Wow. So, And it's been local. I've been a local attorney here in Sumner County for that. And for what's your time. specialty there? I do mainly litigation, and I do some uh, state and probate, state planning and probate. Uh, and then, uh, you know, generally speaking, if I've got some, some clients that, that uh, don't really need like a general counsel or a lawyer all the time, they'll use me as a resource uh, because my law firm now is Spencer Fain, and we have offices uh, all over the country, mm-hmm. uh, but we primarily have an office here in Hendersonville, our, our main office in Nashville, uh, and then we have you know 22, 23 different cities and 22 diff- 23 different specialties as it mm-hmm. relates to the legal profession. So mm-hmm. I, I tell my folks, if I certainly don't know the answer, I can probably get it to you pretty quick. You, you so, know somebody. That's right. That's <laughs> I right. know a guy. You that's, know. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so downtown, what are we looking at? Uh, what seems to be the next hurdle you guys are going to have to well, right conquer. now we have this this kind of fog of a special session that could be coming up in August. It's more or less a response to uh, what happened on March 27th, I believe, is when the Covenant School had right. a uh, had a shooter and and six innocent folks lost their lives. And so it's kind of a response or a, a discussion on what to do uh, as it relates to that. What can be done, and uh, and so that's what we've been throwing around. What we consider on what 
type of avenues can we make sure we provide the best way possible to make sure our schools are safe from the public standpoint, from a public school standpoint, from a private school standpoint. We did more funding this year uh, before we gaveled out uh, to adjourn until we go back in January to provide another $100 million worth of funding for schools to to harden their campuses, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, they're, they're probably a soft target to make sure we have things like, like windows that are bulletproof, where, as you saw probably on the Covenant shooting, that that, that that assailant got in that front door by blasting it up. There are things you can put in place where it doesn't penetrate the glass, where that person may have never even entered into the premises. Mm-hmm. We've pro- we're going to provide funding for our public schools to make sure they, they install those particular devices that can help uh, people entering the school and also have a grant program for some private schools to do the same mm-hmm. uh, to help toughen those locations so someone just can't get in. And they're going to get the pushback from that. We don't want it to be like a prison. It's not going to be right. like a jail. You don't want it to feel like that. But still. And they're not going to be. I mean, yeah. we, we, we're going to have a school resource officer in every school. And usually these resource officers are, are I mean, they're family to some of these schools that they participate in. We're going to have a Tennessee Homeland Security officer in every county to help coordinate any type of response to help strengthen and protect those rural counties. And so there's many things that we can discuss in the mental health arena. I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff that will be discussed about guns, et cetera. Uh, yeah, and we'll yeah. have to see how that how that goes when we get down there. But that's going to be a topic that we're going to be working on the next few days, few weeks, uh, as we get closer to August 21st, which right. is when the tentative date that has been scheduled for the special session. Well, you're going to be busy. It'll be a, it'll be a busy summer, but that's, that's right. But, but that's yeah. what that's the job that I've been elected to do, and I'm going to do it. Well, I will tell you this: you're doing a great job. Well, I appreciate. I it, mean, yeah. I, I've just I've seen nothing but positive things, you know, coming. Our, our our delegation from Sumner County is stellar. Just a great bunch of folks, and you're doing a wonderful job. Just keep it up. Well, thank you for that. Right. I appreciate it. We've been talking with uh, State Rep. Johnny Garrett right here on Sumner County Spotlight, and uh, we always appreciate you coming in and, and giving us an enlightening. <laughs> we kind of need that a little bit. So, again, thank you. But listen, hey, stick around. There's going to be a lot more coming up right here on Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight. You know, this Sunday morning, we always have incredible guests. There's there's one guy, and you've heard him on this show before. In light of all of the activities that were going on with Memorial Day and the memoriam for uh, Spencer Bristol, I thought, well... Why don't we talk to Spencer's dad? So we got Dan Bristol here. And look, he, he, this guy is so busy. I'm, I'm glad you were able to come in because <laughs> you're in tunnels and towers. You're with the police department. I mean, you're, you're staying pretty busy. Yes, sir. So I thought we'd do is, uh, I know previously we were talking uh, with, with State Rep. Johnny Garrett, and he was telling me of the procedures that went through to get this memoriam done for Spencer. So let's talk about how you came into the picture and how you found out, hey, this was going to be a thing. Yeah, actually, I, I received a phone call from Mayor Clary. The mayor actually called to let me know that they uh, that, that he and uh, Johnny Garrett, State Representative Johnny Garrett, had been working together on a process to have uh, a section of 65 renamed after Spencer. And we thought, you know, this is just an incredible honor, an incredible way to, to honor his memory. And uh, we were very humbled by it. So the, the process, I was told, was going to be that uh, they were going to get it approved or had gotten it approved to, um, to happen. But we just needed to have the sign created and then get it erected and then we would do a memorial service. Mm -hmm. So our discussion kind of went into where where and how would we do that memorial service. Mm -hmm. And through conversations with Mayor Clary 
and Johnny Garrett, we came up with the idea to do it on Memorial Day. It was actually my wife's idea to do it on Memorial Day. But as far as where, um, we just felt like um, we wanted to do it in a in a kind of a public or you know setting, and that we could share it with all the the neighbors and all the Spencer's friends and people that mm-hmm. you know that knew him. There was a you know a live concert that was being done on Memorial Day that Andy Gilly and the Parks team put puts together every year and the, this jam concert that they did and it was beautiful the Isaacs and and you know just a, an incredible uh, day of music we had the the opportunity to you know be presented with the memorial and they gave us copies of the sign it was just really very touching and so humbling. it's a big sign I mean yeah. gosh it's like you know six feet long you know and it's it's the you know you've seen the signs they're green with the white letters and things like that they you actually have a, a replica of the exact sign that's out on 65. Yes, they presented us with a copy uh, of the sign. You know, there, there's two signs, actually one erected northbound on 65 just before the 386 bypass and then one uh, southbound just after the Rivergate on-ramp. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. touching. Wow. So we were talking earlier, we were talking about how in the future, you know, these signs erected that Eloise goes by there, she's going to be able to see that sign and it's remembering her dad. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, we, we talked to her about it. So she, she knows about it and she was very humbled by it. She didn't want to be up on stage because she doesn't like crowds or anything. But, you yeah, know, it was we, so cute because she was standing off to the yeah, side. <laughs> yeah. We've, dri- we've driven past it and I showed it to her and she's very touched. She's, you know, that's my daddy's name. And, and so it, it, it really is very humbling and very touching. Yeah. Well, but having these kind of things, it, it really makes you feel warm inside you know, that he was honored in this way and remembered mm-hmm. because, I mean, that day was a really tragic day. Johnny talked about how he came upon that. He was actually out on 65. I mean, you've heard him talk to this story and, you know, as everybody does, when things are backed up, they're going, hey, what's what's this backup for? They're, you know, everybody gets grumpy because they have to, they're delayed. Right. And then, of course, they later found out what it was. You know, then you kind of, you said, oh, I shouldn't have felt that way, but you just never know, you know. But what, I mean, what a tragic day for the family and for Hendersonville and, and anybody that knew Spencer. At least we have some justice uh, with these, I won't say gentlemen, but those individuals that have, have gotten justice. And so what does it look like for them? for their future at this point? Well, both of them are, are in jail right now in prison. Uh, you know, one, uh, the, the, the driver is obviously uh, serving out his sentence. The, the one who fleed on foot, who actually caused my son's death, who was evading and uh, didn't give up, is, is awaiting uh, further sentencing or further trials. The, the hearing that was supposed to happen this month has been pushed out to 2024 again. So it'll be, you know, we're still waiting on the, you know, the reckless homicide charges, but there was a federal case when this individual okay. was caught. Um, he was in possession of a gun that he had used to uh, carjack someone a few days earlier, and it was a stolen gun, and it was used in the service of a felony. And so there's federal indictments against him, and, and he's looking at about 30 years in prison for yeah. that. So in addition to what is going to come from uh, Spencer's situation. But yeah, the, you know, this whole situation started with a traffic stop. What, what would have been just a normal traffic stop? Or and, it's, a, it's a thing in law enforcement, we call it, it was a hinky feeling. Yeah. You just, it, there's just something that tells you that something's not right. Yeah. And, and you have to learn what to act on and what not. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it started the, you know, figure out what was going on with this. And as it turned out, yeah, these are bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Very bad. You know, there's a, there's a history. This individual had a, a sealed record, but a history of carjacking and violence with weapons and, you know, 
pistol whipping people and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's somebody who needs to be off the streets. Exactly. I mean, there was absolutely no remorse for the death that was caused, and and the, the there was no consideration for bystanders when these individuals were driving at at speeds of 80, 90, 100 plus miles an hour through city streets and down our interstates, putting people's lives in jeopardy mm -hmm. and uh, ultimately costing the life of our son. Well, it, it, I guess the anything that good came out of it, at least he's off the streets, like you said. I mean, he's he's there are those people that just do not need to be out there. They don't know how to handle society. They're, they're just broken people. So he put them inside and let them live their life in there. Chances are he might get his justice in jail. There you go. Yeah. Very possible. But you never know. So with the memorial presentation, I thought it was a great day. And I, and I was there, and I just thought the crowd was massive. You had a, a great audience, and it just touched me how people were moved by this ceremony. And you had a lot of people up on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite a bit of the family was there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it even takes me back to our son's funeral. And I think about the patriotism, the, the level of respect that our community has for first responders. And, you know, they care about people who serve and protect. Mm -hmm. Um, for our military, for our, our EMS uh, workers and, and, you know, fire department, police department. They showed up in huge waves during my son's funeral, just, you know, lining the streets. And, and you know, in an event like that, people stood and, and, you know, were just touched, I think, to see it. I think a lot of people are very appreciative of that kind of honor. I mean, you know, we've been very blessed in the fact that, that our son's been honored and remembered in multiple ways. They continue to find ways to um, keep his memory alive. I mean, we have a memorial at the police department. We have a memorial at Memorial Park. You know, we have this now this sign erected on the interstate. You know, there's a memorial in Gatlinburg, Tennessee that, you know, shows Spencer in Washington, D.C. on the police wall. We've, you know, got wow. his um, his name written on the wall. And I mean, there's just so many ways that someone who served the way that he did is being remembered, mm -hmm. you know? Well, he was also in the Navy, is that right? Yeah, he was a, a medic, a combat medic in the okay. Navy, served with the Marines in Afghanistan, and um, was very active in uh, combat. He, he mm -hmm. saw a lot of action and um, saved lives over there and was, yeah. you know, very involved in that, so. Yeah. Well, and again, that's even more appropriate to have the ceremony on Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was incredible. So we have some uh, events that you're involved with, and that's Tunnel to Towers, which is an incredible uh, resource and a great organization that does some incredible things. And this will be the second year you're having it? Third. This third third year, year here. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so as, as I, I know I've been on the show before, and I've shared a little bit about the you know how I got involved, but um, you know, Tunnel to Towers is the organization that steps in when a first responder dies in the line of duty and they leave behind children, they will step in and pay off the mortgage or they will buy a, a mortgage-free home mm -hmm. or build a mortgage-free home for those individuals. They also build modified homes for severely wounded veterans, Gold Star families. They'll they'll buy homes for, for fallen uh, service members. Our family received a phone call shortly after my son's death uh, from the founder of Tunnel Towers, Frank Siller. Mm -hmm. You know, the organization was named after his brother, Stephen Siller, but uh, who was a, a, a fireman on 9-11. Uh, who died, you know, saving people. But Frank called us to let us know that they would be paying off my son's mortgage. And uh, what a burden that that was lifted off my daughter-in-law and uh, and our granddaughter. And mm -hmm. so we wanted to do something to pay it forward. And that's how we all got involved. We brought the run to Hendersonville because we wanted to bring it to his hometown, have an annual event that's going to raise awareness and raise funds 
to do exactly that, support mm-hmm. other families that have been through similar tragedies. I, I think it's incredible that we're doing this and you get great support with it. I mean, people do come out and it's amazing how many people like to run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they've got these 4Ks, 5Ks, but people will just go crazy and just, you know, come out to these things. Yeah, what's great about this is, you know, because it is uh, kind of a reenactment of Stephen Siller, you'll see a lot of firemen running in full gear, you know, to to commemorate and reenact what he did on 9-11, a heroic run from the uh, Brooklyn Battery Tunnel Mm -hmm. all the way down to ground zero to get in those buildings and start saving people. And uh, so this year we we are we're doing it on October 21st. So Saturday, October 21st in Saunders Ferry Park again. Uh, we will have uh, participation from fire departments, police departments, EMS offices all over the state. So we're inviting um, all of the fire departments and, and uh, first responders units to come out and bring a team, compete against each other, have fun with it. But, you know, we expect a pretty big turnout this year. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see a lot of uh, fire and police uh, presence out there that will be running in gear. And it's just so inspirational to see that. Well, and I think I mentioned this before we got to get Chief Mickey out there in full uniform running. <laughs> I can hear him saying, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible. So run down kind of like what that day usually entails. I mean, how's that, how does it play out? Yeah, so we, we actually have an opening ceremony. This year it'll start at 10 o'clock. We will have a presentation of colors. We usually have Metro Honor Guard will be out, and they'll do the presentation of colors. We'll have a uh, national anthem being sang by just an amazing talent, Ainsley Costello. She does a live oh, concert yeah. throughout the entire day that we're there. Uh, you know, After the initial part of the opening ceremony, we'll have some, some people, our family, maybe one or two other families who have been personally uh, impacted or benefited mm-hmm. by Tunnel to Tower Speak. We'll probably do some presentation of some of our major sponsors. You know, we we have the Dodson family and the uh, Hallmark Hyundai, who have been one of our biggest uh, sponsors and supporters. And uh, we have Scott Hunt from Hunt Brothers Pizza. So they'll all be there providing support and being honored, you know, for their participation. And then, you know, once we uh, make the announcement and get started with the run, you know, we'll have a silent auction going on. We'll have free food. Hunt Brothers Pizza provides breakfast pizza, lunch pizza pretty much throughout the, yeah. the day. We'll have probably some other yummy treats and things like that. And then we this year we're going to have kids a uh, kids area with bouncy houses and all kinds of face painting and stuff for the kids. The silent auction will have all sorts of great prizes and things that people can bid on and, mm-hmm. and buy. And uh, there'll be some booths and things out there from people that are sharing some of their businesses and so, so forth. Yeah, but, um, no. Just some great things going on. Wow. It's, I mean, it sounds like a whole lot of fun. Now, what's the date again? It's October 21st, Saturday okay. at 10 a.m. in okay. Saunders Ferry Park. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there's a, a website that they have to go and sign up if they want to run? Yeah, at, uh, t2t.org. So if you go to uh, t2t.org, um, you can pull up all the runs. Just go to the run and walk series. And look for Hendersonville, and uh, you'll be able to sign up on there. Well, that's that's the way to do it. Are you still looking for vendors? They could do that, too, I guess. Check that same website. Absolutely. Yep. We're looking for sponsors. We're looking for vendors. We're looking for people who want to donate items for our silent auction, uh, volunteers. We'll be having our next volunteer meeting on July 9th over at the VFW off of New Shackle. New Shackle. Yeah, 73 New Shackle. <laughs> we know that. You know that address. Yeah, we, we love those guys over there. Hey, we're going to take just a quick break. We have a lot more to talk about. So we're talking with uh, Dan Bristol, and we have a lot more to, to, to speak about, and we're going to see what's coming up right here on Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. 
If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. We're going to continue our conversation with uh, Dan Bristol, and we're talking about a big event. Now, it's coming up on October the 21st. That happens to be a Saturday, and it's the Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk. It's going to be right here at Sanders Ferry Park. If you've been to them before, you know it's just massive out there and a lot of great support. But, Dan, i got to tell you, man, there's a lot to plan for these things. Oh, yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. I mean, you know, we have, you know, our volunteer meetings and getting everything. We have to plan, you know, not only the venue itself, but Mm -hmm. then we've got all of the resources around it. So getting the volunteers together, getting the silent auction items donated, reaching out to our sponsors and working with that, looking at, you know, the venue and who's going to be supporting, who's going to come out. Again, we have Ainsley Costello, this amazing talent, and her family and their band that are going to be there performing live. Throughout. I call her. I call her my firecracker. <laughs> she's she got so much energy. I know <laughs> she's one of the most talented young ladies yeah. I think I've ever met. Yeah. And uh, but she'll be there. You know, we again have uh, the Metro Honor Guard that'll be there, and we we have a person that organizes all of that. So mm-hmm. Nikki Swisher. And her oh, husband yeah, yeah. Um, are incredible supporters of us, and they. You and she know, was in law enforcement. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. She worked for Metro for a number mm-hmm. of years, so she is very instrumental in helping us get together and putting together a lot of the support functions. You know, from getting the bagpiper there because we have you know bagpipers that will mm-hmm. be playing bagpipes throughout the ceremony. We'll have the honor guard presentation of colors and, and things of that nature. The other part of the planning is really working this year. We're we're really branching out to talk to a lot. of of our local fire, police departments, EMS offices to try to get great support and participation from mm-hmm. them. So mm-hmm. I've so far I've met with Franklin PD. So I've met with you know Officer Legesa over there, and and their evening shift I went and spoke with them. I've met with uh, Chief Johnson uh, over at the the Franklin Fire Department. So we're you know we're pulling together a team. They're putting together a team. Some of those firemen have actually been to the run in New York. So they're very familiar with yeah. Tunnel to Towers runs. Wow. And uh, some a lot of them are CrossFitters, so they're in great shape. We've got, and, and this is a run and walk. So mm-hmm. people can walk. They don't have to run. <laughs> and and so, you know, you may see some some guys out there running in full gear, and you may see some walking, because that's pretty darn hot in those uniforms, those, those big suits. But yeah. we're, we're hoping to get um, participation from all the surrounding counties and, and even outside the county in fact i'm reaching out to some some precincts and some fire departments out in kentucky Mm -hmm. see if we can get some of those guys to come down and join us and we're putting together a traveling trophy uh we want to see who's going to bring out the most participation so we're going to honor um the highest participating uh fire department and police department with a trophy that they'll be able to keep in their you know in their uh precinct no, that's a great idea. The guys like competition, especially you put them up against firefighters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's incredible. Yeah, so, I mean, there's just so much planning an event like this. You think it's pretty easy, but, I mean, you got to line up these vendors and then coordinate them. And then, now, I, I was asking myself a little bit ago, on silent auction items, what kind of, I guess you'll, you'll take anything, but obviously things that would, would bring some dollars, because that's what you're trying to do is raise money. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, our friends at Hunt Brothers Pizza, Scott Hunt, and uh, and his whole team are working to get us some great items this year. We're, you know, our, our hopes is, we, we were actually just at a Tunnel Towers event that Jenna Allen puts, put on together in Mount Juliet um, in Lebanon for Tunnel Towers, and it was a, like a writer's round 
And then they they had a golf tournament that they do in Mount Juliet every year, mm-hmm. and they had some Jack Daniels whiskey barrels that were engraved with Tunnel of Towers on them, and some. And we actually bid on one of the lids. We're going to put that in our silent auction. Okay. So we have we paid over two hundred fifty dollars for this Jack Daniels lid with the Tunnel of Towers emblem on it, and we're going to put that in a silent auction. Hope that it brings more than what we paid for it. Sure. Um, but we're looking to get some of the Jack Daniels barrel furniture, so we're going to have that. Hopefully, you know, really we'll take anything, anything of value mm-hmm. that anybody wants to donate, but. Ideally, things that are you know of interest to first responders go really, really well. So anything that that has like military or police or fire, kind of you know, some something that is of interest to those folks. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, can the public come in? Is there a charge for them just to come and hang out and watch? Or? Not at all. You no? can come and watch for free. Uh, if you want to participate, you can sign up, and you know the fees are, are different. Mm-hmm. If you're a first responder, there's discounts for that. If you're a volunteer, you can sign up for free and still participate in the run and walk. Okay. You know, but we we absolutely welcome the public to come out and watch and be part of it. There's free food for everybody. You don't have to be a participant to enjoy okay. the free. Hunt Brothers Pizza and yep. some of the other goodies we're going to have. Yeah, and then, um, you know, Ainsley's going to be rocking the stage. And <laughs> Absolutely. So this is going to be back in the back pavilion there at the dock, right? Yes, okay. yes. Well, the, this year, the starting line will be in the same place it was last year, but we'll have some, uh, the stage will be configured in a different direction. I'm working with Ainsley's dad, and we're, we're actually working to make sure that we've got it set up really well so that the the audience can benefit from the music and it's mm-hmm. not you know blowing anybody's ears off but <laughs> but we want to we want to have uh, really good logistics set up this year and i think the the actual course will be the same it worked out really well last year and uh you know it it, it, it is so emotionally charged by the the reverence and and just remembering and you know the biggest part of this is remembering the 343 firemen mm-hmm. who died on 9-11 saving people's lives mm-hmm. and and all the police officers there what's great great about these events is you get to select we have these badges with everybody's picture on it who died on 9-11 and you get to select someone that you want to run in honor of so if you want to select steven siller's badge if you want to select uh, meisenheimer's badge or anyone else out there that Mm -hmm. you have a connection with or have a a passion about you can run and have their you know their uh, badge on your on your shirt when you're running wow uh we'll have a lot of signage up this year okay. that commemorates all of those uh fallen on 9-11 so you'll be able to see all their pictures and find out a little bit about them so will there be parking on site yes okay. yes right. uh, that's the beautiful thing about saunders ferry park is yeah. we don't have to close down roads we don't put any extra burden on the city. You know, we have wonderful partnership with, you know, Andy Gilly and the parks team. Mm-hmm. They they support us tremendously. So we have plenty of parking, plenty of restroom, you know, facilities and and portalettes and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a drain on the city at all. Plenty of room to park, lots of things going on, and it's a beautiful, beautiful park. So you're not running on the road like in most of our Tunnel to Towers runs or out on on main mm-hmm. roads and in cities. Ours is actually in a park, so it's like a cross-country course. They actually run uh, the cross-country teams around, uh, the, you know, Sumner County here run on this course a lot. And it's grassy, and you've got the beautiful lake as a view around you, and it's just going to be a beautiful day. Sure. Now, here's the main question. Are we going to have our incredible, our massive mounted patrol from Hendersonville going to be out there? Oh, yes, yes. Got to bring do. the beasts. <laughs> <laughs> those, those guys are incredible. They do such a great job. And I've had them in here. We've been talking with the guys. And I just think it's, uh, it's such a great presence. And what a great tool to have, especially oh, yeah. large crowds like that. Yeah, well, they're, they're a great resource to have because, you know, being on horseback, they're able to, you know, get through the park a little differently than being on a patrol car or a motorcycle. And it's also great community service. You know, the kids love it. It lets them interact with officers. And, 
you know, most of the time people see police officers in the worst times of their life when mm-hmm. there's something tragic going on or, you know, their crime's been committed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's great when the they can interact with the police when it's a positive thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, they can see that these are these are just human beings. They're these gentlemen, these these men and women that that serve are the most down to earth people and they do it because they care. And to be able to interact with them and see that they're human like everybody else and they're not portrayed as these villains that you see in in the media that like sometimes like to kind of blow things out of proportion yeah yeah these are people who care about their community and you know the thing that i learned about them is they do their entire job sitting on that horse that's true they don't hop down and do it the horse does all the work (laughs) and they are powerful yeah. So, yeah, if you want to move people around, nobody's going to be shoving a horse around. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And if you come up on a vehicle or something, you're up, you're seeing up high. You you got a good vantage point up there. So yeah, you can see. Well, that's good. They're going to be out there because they they do such an incredible job. And uh, and you know through oh, the past what three years you've been involved with this, you had to meet some incredible people and got a couple stories. I, I would say probably my best story is just meeting Frank Siller. You know, oh. I mean, obviously we met him when he you know came down for the presentation to uh, pay off my son's mortgage but i've met him at multiple venues and we hope to have him come actually participate in our run uh you know if not this year maybe next year but i I know he's a pretty busy guy but i was able to meet with him at um, a recent function that we had it was a writer's round that that they did such a genuine guy Mm -hmm. i mean it like they can't obviously fund everything but this man almost turns away no one. Like he he tries really hard. They have so many programs, things that, you know, some programs I didn't even know about at one point where they're stepping in to help, you know, severely um, wounded officers or officers that are going through uh, traumatic illnesses like cancer and things like that. So they, they have these different programs where they support even those situations. Just this year, they started building um, these these tiny villages. They're working on uh, building homes for uh, veterans, oh. for um, homeless veterans. They, uh, they bought up some hotels and converted them into facilities that can house homeless veterans and, and not just give them a place to live, but provide support to get them back into the workforce and give them the counseling that they might need you right. know, for PTSD or whatever right. it might be, um, but doing some amazing things to help our veterans. Yeah, I mean, that, I didn't know they were doing that, but that, I mean, that's first class right there. <laughs> so when you're in, engaging with the other agencies, there was always this thing like, you know, the PD and the FD, they're always battling against each other, but it's all a brotherhood, man. We, you know, we're all, you know, helping the community and doing all of that. But it, I think it really helps to create a bigger bond, you know, with the other agencies and things like that, especially locally around here, because there's many times we cross jurisdictions and you're doing things together mm-hmm. and everybody helps out. They, they got one goal on mine and that's, uh, you know, get the job done, you know, and come home safe. So, you know, with this organization doing what they're doing, I think it's incredible uh, support that they do. And then, of course, you got agencies like uh, Johnny was talking about with the 100 Club, which, you know, come to find out, he, he informed me that, you know, they stepped in to help Lauren, the family there a little bit uh, with what they could do. But they're trying to raise, you know, money as well. And these are great organizations that you can donate to and support. And I'm sure they would accept it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I tell you, that's something that we all really need to support the 100 Club. They do amazing things for fallen officers, families, for families. And that's right here in Sumner County. Right here in Sumner yep. County. Yep. I absolutely feel like this is a, another nonprofit that we all need to be supporting. They do some just incredible things. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Johnny's on board there, so he he, he kind of gets things done. He does. <laughs> yeah. He does. But, you know, I'm just, just thinking, speaking of Johnny, I, the support that you had from 
our senators and state reps and things like that. William Lamberth is up there. Farrell Hale is up there. People just, it tugs at their heart and they, they just want to be very supportive of this. And that's great. They have them on board. Yeah. I, I tell you again, going back to um, the support that we've had from our state representatives. I mean, I, you know, first with William Lamberth and the team who, you know, sponsored the bill that became law that, you know, makes it a, a class C felony if you're evading a police officer mm-hmm. and you cause injury or death to anyone, whether it's a police officer or a bystander, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it a more severe penalty. I mean, it's still not enough, but it's better than what it was. And God bless him for, for putting that out there and, and naming it the Spencer Bristol bill. And then, uh, of course, with Johnny Garrett and the guys putting together this memorial to, you know, rename a section of 65 for yeah. Spencer. I mean, there's so many things they've done to honor our son and his legacy. You know, he he was a, a servant leader, someone who really believed in serving. And he was touched by 9-11. He was just very young when, when 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, it touched him, and uh, it made him want to serve. That's how he and his wife kind of came together. I mean, they both were young when it happened, and they both had this calling to serve because of what 9/11 did to you know did mm-hmm. to our country. My son lived his life serving his country and his community. Yes, and, uh, it, it's it's one of the things that you you kind of look back on, and it makes you proud. Just I mean, I can tell when you talk about him it, that you were very proud of him. You're still proud of him. So, and I know that the family. It loves you to death because you know you're doing all these great things to help keep Spencer's name you know out there. The support that you're giving the family, everybody getting together, everybody comes together during hard times. So we we love you for that, and just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great things for our community. Uh, you're also a reserve officer with Hendersonville. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you're out there on the street as well. Uh, I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've been talking about Dan Bristol, and we've been talking about the Tunnels to Tower uh, event. And you got to mark this down for October the 21st down at Sanders Ferry Park. Just go to the website, t2t.org, and check out all the information there if you'd like to be a vendor or a participant. So, Dan, thank you much for coming in. Thank you for having me. All right. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for another edition of Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. Join us again next week, again, for another Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.